the theme of every song today was surrender, a total surrender. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you everything. To do what? Is a question that we ask. To do what? So, this very evening, the title of our message will be what? Okay, that's a, you picked that. That's wonderful. I give myself away. Let's all be real this very evening. I give myself, Lord, I give myself away. So that what? So that you can use me to do what? Your yeah, will. Okay, that will, that's that good. Lord, I give myself away. I want everyone really to just kind of pause and take a deep examination of your life, my life. Lord, I give myself away so that you can use me. Now, you know this is a time we're all actually mourning. If you're not being mourning, that is calling upon God, mourning and praying for our country, for Nigeria. Just about all the people that are here, we are born there. I know that we have many of our friends on the internet. But again, the only one thing I just need everybody to understand. Whatever happens in this Houston happens also in the world. Are you following me? Whatever happens anywhere happens everywhere else. It will affect everywhere because that's the way God has made it so. So I pray that our friends all over, they have joined us already or they will join us to really team up together in agreement and ask God. And take that burden. It's called the burden of Nigeria. The Lord didn't say burden for. Burden for means that it's so distant. It's Nigerians. But the burden, I take the burden of God, that burden of Nigeria, the iniquity of Nigeria. I say, Lord, put that iniquity on me. Maybe you will hear me if I cry day and night. So I give myself away. When we say I give myself away, do we know to whom we give ourselves away and for who? Do we know? You know, before this time, even about two weeks ago, we, we rounded up submissiveness. And we say that it is not possible for anyone to submit to God except that person is broken. And brokenness means two things. Divine humility. I'm not talking about ordinary humility. You must be divinely humble. And then unreserved submission, surrender all unto God. But all that be meaningless if you also do not submit to one another. Because you don't see God face to face and eye to an eye. Am I saying this right in here? For you to submit. So when God is saying submit all to me, he's saying submit for the sake of others. I want you to know that right now and for others. Submitting to, unto God. And remember last two weeks we said that Mutual submission is only possible if one is so broken enough that he realizes one thing. Whether he calls himself Pope or Bishop or Archbishop or whatever anybody wants to call himself. Because suddenly these days, 
You know, some people just say, God called me. Everybody, God has called them. And they assume that position. All of a sudden, they want people to worship them. Anytime I tell you to just do anything for me or worship me, you better just spit at my face and get away. Because you know one thing? A miracle's room that cannot save you. There's only one Lord. There is only one Lord. I want everybody to understand that right now. So, for one to, what? For you to really take away your own will and submit to another, you must, number one, understand who actually owns what? Help me. Whose business is this we are dealing with? That's why you have ministers and people quarreling and people in ministries, they fight. Because they don't understand whose business. If the business is the Lord, then he's the only one to have exclusive glory. We said it. And then if for the business is the Lord, God Almighty will always walk that business in fear and trembling. That's why he said what? If you look at Psalm 2.11, he said, you know one thing? You serve me with fear. But whatever you do, rejoice with what? Trembling. So you always have to be in awe of me, fear of me. You ought to be that way. And Paul got it. Philippians 2.12 said, look, you know one thing? Make sure whatever you do, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But let's go back to submission. When someone submits to God, he submits to what? To his what? He submits to the will of God. Okay? He submits to the will of God. But do you also know that submitting to the will of God is submitting to the will of others? You're all looking at me. We're going to come to this mystery. You will understand it. Submitting to the will of God. For what? Answer me. We submit to the will of God for who? For the benefit of others. Let's put it together. This mystery will be understood. We say we submit to God. But we are submitting to God for the benefit of others. Otherwise, of no use unto God. You know one thing? You can kill all the animals in this world. God is not going to eat it. God is a spirit. Are we getting it now? So all these things we talk about, we do this for God, actually. We're not really actually doing it to him, but for others. And that's what he's called us to do. So that's why, read me First Peter, please. Are we still there reading? First Peter 5.5. 5. First Peter 5, 5. Yes. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. But let's say I give myself away. The father sent his only begotten son. Let me put it this way. God sent his son to who? And for who? I, I, let me, I, I think government of this and this and that. Let's, let's make sure we get it. God sent his only begotten son to us and for us. God did not send his only begotten son for himself. He is God. No matter whatever happens, it's not going to change. God did not send his only begotten son for his son. I want you to know why God has chosen us now. I give myself away. Most of us, you know one thing? 
cannot even claim sufficient love for anyone except their children or their husband or wife or the, those who do good unto them. The love where you are crying for another. Many of us will not even turn around and cry for that enemy that kills you, does everything every time. Intercede for him. You see, submitting to the will of God. Read me John 5.30, please. John 5.30. Yes. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. If you read John 6.38, the same thing. It's not my will. I came to do the will of my Father. So when Christ chose us, he chose us to do what? Come on, guys. He chose us to do what? His what? His will. And what is his will? What is the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? The will of God is what? For others. Okay. I want us to do because we are preparing for this. Line. The will of God is for others. He sent his only begotten son. He said, you know one thing? You will do only my will. He said, I came to do the will of my father and that's it. What was that will? Was it not for you and who? Yes. Are you, are you, are you getting it right now? But even that will to do that. What is that will? The will of the father was this. That the son will love. I'm talking about all of us, please. That the son will love the world enough. And be willing to who? To die for the world. We're talking about Nigeria. We're talking about each other. We're talking about all different villages. We're talking about families. How many of us are actually willing to die? So that another one may live. As Jesus Christ and others did for us. How many of us? Without it we have not grown. Because we don't understand one thing. The reason why we were saved. The will of the Father is that the Son will understand to love the world enough and to die for that world. For the one you love so much. That perfect love. That's the will of the Father. And that's why the Son said, Lord, anyone who is actually my follower must also walk the way I did what? John 14, 12, please. John 14, 12. Yes. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Because I go to my Father. But what works did Christ do? Read me John, please, 13, 34 to 35. John 13, 34 to 35. Yes, ma'am. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. If we don't love 
for one another as he loves us. He said, we're not his disciples. Okay, then read me John 15, 12 and 13, please. John 15, 12 and 13. Yes. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Than to lay down one's life for his friends, for his nation, for his family. Than to lay down your life. Most of us still hold that life so tight because we don't understand one thing. That if you, you remember your song, I give my life away. He said, this life is not what? It's no longer mine. We don't understand it. We think that by trying to save it, that we can save it. But the work of God, if we don't fulfill that call, which is for others, to serve others, to do that others, then we will lose that kingdom. You will see it now. Please listen to me carefully. We think it's all about God. Oh, no, I love God. You don't love God when actually you're not willing to give it up and surrender all for the sake of another. You don't love God. Because whether you fall down today and sacrifice yourself and say, I love God, it means nothing to God. It's okay. But if it is not action, it doesn't do any good to God. Because that love, you may, whether you love God or hate God, does not change anything as far as God is concerned. But when, if you love others or you hate them, that makes a difference as far as God is concerned, what he will do. Are you, are, you, are you with me here following me? So he wants us to walk the way he walked. Read me First John, please, 2.6. 1 John 2, 6. Yes. He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. He also have to walk the way he walked. The reason why God saved us. The reason why he sent his only begotten son. The same. There's no difference. There is no difference. The reason why he sent his only begotten son. Remember what? Isaiah, please, 6. 8 to 9. Isaiah 6, 8 to 9. Yes. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Mm -hmm. And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Go to who? God bless. I'm talking about right now, Nigeria or everywhere. And would say, Go to people. He didn't say, come to me. We'll give him nothing about it. Go to people. And sacrifice the way I have done for you. Otherwise, you become what? Unprofitable and wicked. If we don't do what, how God has done unto us, we have become unprofitable. And in fact, you know the dangerous part of it. We pay God back evil for what? Good. Proverbs 17, 13, please. Proverbs 17, 13. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. Evil will not depart. We're going to come to that. Now, you may wonder why this is coming on. Evil will not depart from his house. I give myself away so you can use me for others. So that... I will do the will of others. 
What I mean by that will, I'm not talking about the will like somebody, this is my will, do it, no. So that I can really stand in gap for others. If you don't stand in gap for them, you have not fulfilled the commission of Christ. Listen to me carefully. How many of us have really, really bitterly cried for our people? Even our people around, even here in Houston. How many have cried for that nation? How many of us have really truly cried for our family, family members, back home or anywhere? Truly, I'm talking about the love that we say we have for God. It's all in vain. We love God. We love God. He said, well, if you love me, then, according to John 15, 14, he said, you better do what? Obey me. Obey what? Obey what? What are you saying? I can't hear you. Obey what? We are, never, we are teaching. Obey what? Obey and... No, no, no. You see, what, is, what, what did the father send the son to do? To obey him, right? What did the son do? He gave his life for, to others. That's, that's obedience. Because whatever the obedience, however we obey whatever God says us to do, it doesn't change God. It is actually when our obedience makes a difference unto the life of others that God said yes. Because he told us one thing, the reason why I called you and I chose you. Read me John 15, 16, please. John 15, 16. Yes. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. You see, that your fruit, go and bear fruit to lay our life down for others. You must understand four things. Without it, you will never do it. Number one, you must understand exactly what it means to perfectly love. Love. Fervent love. Love that mourns for the loss. There is no other reason why the father sent the son than to go and seek for the loss. And anyone who does not even understand this way, you understand now, is lost. The nation of Nigeria is lost. It's crying. It's not time for us to apportion blames. A lot of times, that's all we do. That's what I used to do until maybe two weeks ago. The Lord told me, said, look at you. I've given you many revelations, even when you were in Nigeria. Many times I talked to you. And many, many times, what have you done? You've done nothing. You walk around and talk about, oh, Nigeria. But you have not done anything. And I realized one thing. I cried. That I've not even done anything at all. And we haven't done anything. You're going through it. Have we showed that enough love? He said, John 13, 34, he said, well, this is the new commandment now, that you love others as I love you. And there's no greater love than that you die for them. You give yourself away. I give myself away. I surrender all. Are you, are you following me? Yes. Examine yourself. Have you actually loved others? Have you put out yourself for others before you? Have you considered others first? How many of us here can claim to be selfless? And yet we call ourselves what? Transformed, total transformed children of God? No. It's more than that. 
Because all this year, the Lord has been teaching us about transformation. Transformation. But it's all about our children. It's all about our family. In fact, we, you know one thing? We are ready to sacrifice anything. We're ready to give our life away when it is what? Family. But we don't realize one thing. That the same God who created your children created the other one. I want you to please begin to really pray to God, to give you that spirit. That's what I'm saying here. The same God created it. What I want. And you know one thing? Who is actually the one who is crying? Who is actually have the pain when somebody is hungry? It's God. Who feels the iniquity of another? Because he cries unto you. He says, it is not my desire that any perishes. For that I cry. And that's why God is saying, you know one thing? I expect intercessors. That's why. I have an expectation. Because something is wrong. And I'm crying. I'm mourning. So, that perfect love, we all need to really cry unto God to have. From now on, have that perfect love. Then, understand one thing. I give myself away. Whose life is it anyway? Because most of us will try to preserve the life. And you know one thing? I think Luke 12, 23 says one. He said, well, look, it's not life greater than what? It's not life greater than food. food. We worry about life, our own life, our own life. It's greater than food. But then read me Galatians 2, 20, please. Galatians 2.20. Yes. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see? It is no longer I that live. In other words, my life belongs to him. And if I have a total surrender, then I will only go and do that which is only pleasing to him. Then the third thing you must get is that, look, if you say you've been born again and you're transformed and you still think your inheritance is of this earth, you've not gone anywhere. You will not actually give yourself away totally and completely except you realize, understand, and accept that your inheritance is not of this place anymore. That's exactly what happened to Christ. Now, but there's one thing, and the Lord told us. He said, God has called us as shepherds. When we realize why we are saved. Read me John, please, 10. 11 to 18. John 10, 11 to 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Let's stop right there. 
from that scripture, why don't we tell me why and what God is saying, the reason why we don't care. You know one thing? Sometimes you talk to some of our people, you see that there's not even any more conscience left. They don't want to talk about it. You know, I was referring to the, what, the day we were having prayer session. I said, we are just like what? People say, we are just like that bird, the little bird. You know the little bird that Chino Achebe was talking about? He said, the little bird was patting what? It was on an anti-heel. And they are shaking his head and said, you know one thing? I've arrived. You know one thing? I'm far away from the ground. And Chino Achebe said, well, the food didn't know that well. It's still on the ground. We can be everywhere we want to be, but that's still the place no matter whatever happens to them. You see? So, why don't we then care? It's because what? You don't know that they're all part of this. Oh, say the shepherd will die. Because the shepherd feels one thing, that, is that ownership. He has it. But there's something that Christ was saying there. He said, the reason why the Father sent me is why? Come on, did you pick this scripture? No, no, no. That, I'm talking about that scripture. The reason why Christ said, read me 15 and, 20, and 17 again. As the Father knows, 15, as the Father knows me. As the Father knows me. Now, let's stop right there. There was a message that was delivered by Pastor Charles. And he said, does God know what? Know you. Did you remember that? And that's a good question for all of us. Does God really know you? In the first place, do you really know God? Read me John 8, 55, please. John 8:55. Yet you have not known him. You have not known him. Listen carefully, yes? But I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. The reason why I know him is because I do what? God bless you. So if we don't keep his word, we don't know him. And believe me, if we don't know him, he doesn't know us. Okay, we'll come to it about this knowing now. Christ was saying, you know one thing? My father know, knew, or knows me. My father trusts me. Can God trust you to stand in gap? That's why on Wednesday... We fasted six to six. Lord, cleanse us. Lord, wash us. Can you stand in gap for anybody or for that country? He said, my father knows me. I know my father. And what did the father know? What actually did the father know about Christ? That if he goes, he will did what? Lay down his life and not disappoint. And God said the same thing about two individuals. I'm going to show you right now. Abraham. God said, you know one thing? I know Abraham. Abraham will not fail. I've known him. Can God count you that he knows you? That you will not fail in interceding for Nigeria and who anywhere else. You will not fail interceding for your enemies. Those who want to kill you. No matter whatever the situation is, can God count on you that you will intervene for this country? You will even stand in gap as the country is, is completely what? It's a going astray into that which is an abomination unto God. 
Can you count on that? He said, I know Abraham. Give me Genesis 18, 19, please. And see why he knew Abraham. Genesis 18, 19. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. I know him because he will do what? First of all, what is the most important thing there? This man will die for his people and his family. But did he do that? I'm asking you guys. Did Abraham do that? I knew Abraham. Abraham will lay his life. Did Abraham do that? Abraham interceded. Abraham intervened. Right? Genesis. The same Genesis 18. 20 to 31. Can you please run it? Genesis 18, 20 to 21. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, mm -hmm. I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then go on. I said, yes. Then the men turned away from there and mm -hmm. went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before but the But Abraham Lord. stood and did what? Interceded. Okay, we all know that story. Interceded up to the point. In fact, he will, go, he will, he will approach God and say, I know, Lord, I'm pushing, this, I'm pushing this thing too much. However, would you please consider this one? Would you please consider 10, 5, whatever it is in Nigeria? If God will consider 10... He probably can, may consider five. Who knows? You don't know God. He may consider even one. Didn't he say in Jeremiah 5, 1, if I would see even a single just man, I would even save Jerusalem. But again, you see, even before that, you see Abraham interceding and intervening for another. Abraham gave up his life. He was not killed, but he surrendered his life to rescue Lot. Read me Genesis 14, 14, please. Genesis 14, 14. Yes. Now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Abraham could have died. Did you know that? And it, let's, 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 let's pick it up. Abraham could have died in pursuit, trying to rescue Lot. Remember the same Lot? that rebelled against him. Abraham still went there in pursuit. And they look at Moses. Let's check Moses right now. Moses. Let's read Exodus, please, 32. Read from 9 to 14. Exodus 32, 9 to 14. Yes, ma'am. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them? To kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth. Let's stop right there. Read me 31 to 32. You just, I just want you to pick it up. You can read it later. 
31 to 32. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said. Then Moses, after all these things. Remember when the children of Israel, what? They made a God for themselves, right? And then the same Moses, after getting angry, returned back. Yeah, go on. Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Mm -hmm. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. If not, here I am. Take me away. Standing in gap for another. Intervening for another. Pleading unto God for another. Lord, take me. Because you see, we worry so much about this physical flesh. We don't even want to talk about say, God, take me. Because we think, ah, don't talk about God, take me, I will die. Don't talk about God, we take, we will die. You, you will eventually die anyway. When we have that spirit of God in us and realize that this physical thing is nothing. That's why Moses realized that. What's the benefit? Take me. And God said, no. I have seen an intercessor. I have seen a genuine intercessor. I will have mercy. Moses. But let me put it this way. Did God actually expect these two men to intervene and intercede? Huh? Yes. So God's expectation is that you and I should what? It's an expectation. If we fail it, we have failed a duty. Oh. If we fail it, we have failed a duty. Now, let's put it this way. When actually God told Abraham, I will be going to Sodom and Gomorrah, why would God even bother to tell Abraham? Because he wanted him to intercede. He wanted him to Let me tell you this way. If you, if you, if you doubt that, then look at where we, read, we just read now. You look at Exodus, right? 32. Read me 10. Exodus 32, 10. Yes. Now, therefore, let me alone. Let's stop right there. Can you believe that God is asking a human being? Now, let me alone. As if he was taking permission from Moses. Are you following me? God expected Moses to intercede. Now, let me alone. He didn't have to ask Moses to let me alone. He would have killed the people he wanted to kill them. But he didn't want to do that. That's why he was crying. He said, look, you know, Isaiah 59, please, 16. Isaiah 59, 16. Yes. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness it sustained him. He saw there was not even any man to intercede. Ezekiel 22, 30, please. Ezekiel 22, 30. Yes. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. You see, it's not the desire of God. Now, let's, let's turn this around right now. What is actually the greatest desire of God? God bless you. So it has to be the last resort for God to do. He said, I looked. You know, my anger was so hot. And I swore I was going to destroy these people. But yet I look for somebody who will just plead that they may live. I look for that. 
And that's the situation God is saying. Every time, every moment, do you do that? Because if you don't do it, then you know what I tell you say that you're not actually doing my will. And whoever does not do that and take care of this, you see, let me remind you, please, 25. Matthew. Matthew 25. You can read from 31 to 40. Say, why are you looking at me like that? Matthew 25 from 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Mm -hmm. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Let's stop right there. You can read the whole thing. But that was a place where God is, Christ was saying, I was hungry. You took care of me. But those who do not fulfill that rule, which God has called us, and that rule is for others. Listen to me. That rule is for others. They are cursed. They are cursed. You say, where is the cause? Read me verse 41. Let's jump from there. 41 to 46. Matthew 25, 41 to 46. Yes. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed. You what? You curse. Yes. Into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and Let's did not right minister there. to Let's you? Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Everybody can read that. But what actually happened to the servant that was saved? Remember you and I were saved for what? Did, did we get it now? You and I were saved for what? Oh, that's, that is all I want us to understand. We're saved for others. We're saved to produce fruit and to bear fruit. If we don't, you see exactly what happened to the unprofitable servant in Matthew 25, 26 to 30. The $1 or one pound that was given to him, he kept it. He did not even use it. And the servant said, I mean, the master said, you know one thing? You've lost the kingdom. Take away that I gave to him and give it to another. When God has given us things, we need to use it for others. If not anything, there are things we can do that will not cost us one penny. Every single day. Have you tried? Have you actually tried to say, okay, you know one thing? Weekly, one day, week, I will intercede and I will fast and pray. For the needy, for the country. Have we seen that? Maybe we don't have any what? We don't have any authority and power within us to change something. But through prayers and intercession, we can do that. We are saved for others. Otherwise, as our salvation is of no use and we will lose it. Mark it in somewhere. What did he say? Give me, give me, give me John 15, 1 to 2, please. Or to three. John 15, 1 to 2. Go on, go on, 1 to John, to 3. 1 to 3. 
I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He takes it away. Every one, whatever you want to claim to be saved or not saved, if it doesn't bear a, what fruit, he takes it away. I'm not the one saying it. Go on, my dear. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. You see, every branch, we are saved so that we can save others. We are forgiven so that we have to forgive all. So that in the process, they will learn to forgive another next person. Are you, are you with me? Read me Ephesians, please, 4.23. Ephesians 4.23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, that spirit I'm trying to bring to you. Hold on. See? That spirit right now. When you leave that, read in the same Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32. Yes. And be kind to one another. Yes. Tender-hearted. Mm -hmm. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. If we don't forgive and intercede for others, we have become what? Unprofitable and ungrateful. Now, the spirit of God is on you to do one thing and one thing only for others. The spirit of God is in you. God gives you the spirit for others. I want you to know that. Otherwise, that spirit is in vain. It's not producing anything. Read me Isaiah 61, please. One to three. Isaiah 61, one to three. Yes. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Because, hold on. Because the Lord has anointed me to come and... Uh, Bring him. Do you understand? What, do you understand? The Lord has anointed me so that I will do this and do this unto the Lord. Did, what can we give to God? Listen to me. God's a spirit. There is nothing we can do, give to him that personally will satisfy him. I'm talking about personal satisfaction. Because didn't he say this? He said, what? If I'm hungry, I will not come to you. Huh? Because heaven and earth are mine. I created all. And if you look at Revelation 4.11, he said what? Thou art worthy, because you created all things for your pleasure. You see, the Spirit of God is upon me. And that's what Christ was quoting when he came. The Spirit of God is upon me for others. To do something for others. Yeah, go on, please. To preach good tidings to the poor. Mm -hmm. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Yes. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. Mm -hmm. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. That is it. Go on. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. That the Lord may be glorified. When you do, please understand it. When you do all this unto others, then God is glorified. That's why Jesus Christ was saying, said, Father, the time has come now, glorify me. Because I came and I died for these people. That's what you sent me for, right? Where did you say that? John, please, 17. 5 and 6. John 17, 5 and 6. 
Or four and six. Yeah. Or four. Yeah. I have glorified you on the earth. Yes. I have finished the work which you have given to me to do. Mm -hmm. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. Mm -hmm. They are, they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Hold on one second. And how did he actually glorify the Father in the world? By doing all the works of the Father, but something he did of all the people. Remember Matthew 5, 16? He says what? Let your light so shine that people may see. People will see the work you do unto others. They will glorify because, you see, people will see the work you do in the name of the Lord for them. And they will glorify who? The Father. But there's something what Christ did. Read me 19 in this place. Father 19. John 17. John 19. 17, 19. 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. For their sakes. On Wednesday, we prayed and prayed, Lord, please cleanse us and wash us. And sanctified, and probably some of us probably felt like, well, we fasted six to, to six more in the morning to six p.m. We've done, we done. That was a lot for us. Christ saying, for their sake, I have crucified, I have killed that, that they may live, that they may live. The more they live, the better. Now, one thing I want to tell you is because of the time. I need to ask you this question. The blessings of Abraham that God gave Abraham, was it more actually of what the sacrifice was making to God or the sacrifice he made for, for others? For others. Are, we, are, you, are you sure about that one? Okay. Because remember what... Abraham did Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember what he did a lot. Before way chapter 22, when he actually wanted to do the sacrifice, God could trust him at that point. Because Abraham's sacrifice that he wanted to make unto God was not a worthless a, what, sacrifice because of the heart of Abraham. So God, in most cases, listen to me now, in most cases, the reciprocal blessing, blessing that God gives the honor that he gives to people, and all the covenant of everlasting distance is mostly actually what? Due solely to what those people did for others. Remember when we covered the everlasting covenant that God gave? When you read the genealogy of Christ, we did it before. You see, read 1 to 6, please, Matthew 1. Matthew 1, 1 to 6. Yes. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Mm -hmm. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Judah begot, let's, for, for those who are not here the first time, I know this came up a lot in our people in Nigeria. Judah begot Perez. Who is Perez? 
some of us said, who's Perez? How come all of a sudden Perez? Remember we're talking about Abraham, what, Isaac and Jacob. All of a sudden we see Judah. We knew about the mystery of Judah. But then after Judah, what's Perez? God bless you. You see, if you look at that, it says Perez of who? Perez of Tamar. Tamar, if you look at Genesis 38, the woman that refused to abandon or to forsake the family out of love. This woman married the first son of Judah and died. The first son died, sorry. And then he married the second one, then that one died. And then the third one, Judah said, uh-uh, this is getting too, too much. Go to your father and stay there. And then when the third one will grow up, you will marry him. And Tamar went. And when the time came and the third son grew up enough to marry, Judah probably, I don't know, Judah probably thought, no, this, I, I won't let that happen. And God didn't like that. But this woman never gave up. He was only following that which God, according to the rule. The woman, until, you know the story, then dressed up like a prostitute and so on. And eventually, Judah did not know. And Judah had her, and then that's how Perez came. And God said, I'm not going to forget this woman. Do you understand that? I will not forget this woman. Remember that Judah had children before this Perez. But why did God choose Perez? And then from Perez, let's read it. Perez begot Hezron, mm -hmm. and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon, mm -hmm. and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon, okay. From the, go on. Salmon begot Boaz by who? Rahab. From Rahab. Listen, Rahab that protected the children of Israel, and no matter whatever happens, they spies. She will not betray them. And she told them, promise me one thing, that when actually you came or you invade this place, you will save me. And they said, we swear by the Lord. Sorry. We swear by the Lord, your family and everything. But it's one that God, that love, that woman never betrayed them. God said, I will bless you. Are you following me? And then, go on. Boaz begot Obed uh -huh. by Ruth. Now, look at the three women. Understand what I'm talking about right now. What they did, they didn't do anything you could say directly unto God. Okay? But what they did, they did what? Others. That's how Christ came. And God followed that line. We'll stop here. But what I'm saying is this. I give myself away. I really give myself away. So that you can use me. Are we ready? Can we do it? There comes a time. When a child must grow. That comes a time when we must actually grow and begin to realize what it means to walk in spirit and the maturity of God. To know what he's called us for. Abraham, Moses, they understood one thing. What God required of them and what was expected of them. The duty that was there. And they did that duty without what? Any, any reward. They did it. Moses was ready to go. Let us all, those on the line, and people who are here, the time has come to cry unto God for our people. And perhaps, or as the scripture said, paraventure, God will hear us and have mercy. Otherwise, 
we have failed in our responsibility as the children of God. Are you with me? May the Lord Almighty God who is in heaven touch the hearts of his children right now. Wherever they may be, that they may have that spirit of compassion, love, perfect love to die for another. And to understand that this life is nothing on this earth. Eventually it will go. Lord, I pray you in the name of Jesus Christ that you help that country, Nigeria. Save us. Have mercy, my God, my Father who is in heaven. Lord, I pray you. I pray you, Lord, to have mercy. Forgive us of our iniquities, Lord. Lord Almighty God who is in heaven, remember. Remember your covenant with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He came that the lost sinners may be saved. We are sinners, Lord. Our iniquity is before our own eyes. Lord is more than we can even begin to do. But have mercy. Have mercy, Lord, for you are God. Also, Lord, have mercy upon this country, United States. Lord, mighty God, we are going astray here too. Doing things that, are, that you consider to be abomination unto you. But Heavenly Father, your hands are not shutting that you cannot deliver. Stretch out your hand, Lord. Arise, mighty Father. And make and do a new thing in our lives. Lord, I pray you for your children who are here and those online, those have had this message. That, Father, you grant them your spirit and the fullness and the knowledge of you. You are God and there is no other. Let your name alone be magnified in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.